bottom line. On News Radio 610, KONA, from the Tri Cities to Olympia to DC, we break down. Break it all down. The stories of the day and the people making the news. And that's the bottom line. Time to get the bottom line. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. With your hosts, Rob Francis and Ed Dawson. Welcome back to the bottom line. News Radio 610 KONA. Hour number two on your Thursday afternoon. 547-1610 is the number. If you would like to get involved, you can also reach us via email. 610kona.com, the bottom line page, your name, where you're listening, what you'd like to say. We're on Twitter at BottomLine610, Parlor at the BottomLine610, and our free mobile app available through the Google Play and the Apple Stores. Rob Francis and Ed Dawson with you. And Ed, a really interesting story um, surrounding a Texas-based company called Tyler Technologies. Now, we know that there has been a push by some to move voting and many other things to an online capacity, to be able to vote online and do other things through your mobile phone, uh, things that would certainly be heavily reliant on the Internet. Well, this company provides software and network services to counties and cities around the country. They got hit with ransomware. And while their involvement in elections is more regarding um, posting posting voting results and polling locations and things like that, this raises yet another concern about security with Internet systems. And as more people want to go to a reliance on this, it opens up the opportunity for organizations, countries, groups who devote all of their time to hacking and breaking into systems like this raises a real question about the reliability of opening up more things that we tend to um, value the security of and opening them up to the opportunity to have personal information be stolen by third parties. I mean, when you're talking about a company that deals in administrative and tax services for counties, You're talking Social Security numbers. You're talking financial info. You're talking credit information. I mean, you're talking about stuff that if it is accessed by China or by Russia or by a hacking group in the U.S. that likes to wreak havoc, you're talking about people's lives being ruined because of the access they would be able to get through these online services and you know we really need to put a pause on this really dive in deeply and see how vulnerable these systems are and stop thinking that oh well you know we've got a virus protection or we've got this or we've got that there are people that are constantly working on breaking through encryptions on a daily basis and I honestly I don't think that anything is 100% secure and the more information that a company handles of a personal nature you know it just adds even more risk out there we can't put we can't go to a voting process online I don't think at any point in time. I mean, just something like this is enough to scare the bejeepers out of me 
and I, I hope none of the counties that, that we reach, you know, are going to be in, are potentially are going to be impacted by this, you know, by this security breach. Look, unfortunately, that has been this has been going on for a long time. Uh, you know, it seems like just about every month you hear about some company, some agency getting hacked. Um, you know, even even earlier this year, we know about uh, employment security in Washington State, uh, target of a major hack and and uh, fraud. You know, it doesn't matter who it is, but what what's happening? Just for a little behind the scenes, uh, if you will, the the companies, the organizations, the departments, the entities. Very rarely do they have their own security system in place. They they contract that out to a third party, you know, the, the quote-unquote experts. But they do so, I mean, they try to do their vetting as best they can, but if if a vendor has a security breach that affects you and all of your customers or employees or beneficiaries or whatever it may be, you know, you don't have that that control. I, I go back to uh, one that that happened earlier this. I think it was in the spring. Uh, aside from the Employment Security Department, I don't know how much. Uh, I, I don't know that there was a ton of coverage on this one, but it it got the 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 target was AARP. That's right. The, the retired people uh, or association. I mean, you're you're going after some of the most vulnerable um, people in society, uh, and I don't mean that in a disrespectful way or you know the, the you know being frail or anything like that in in body or mind, but that that sector of the of the public is not as tech savvy as younger people. So they don't know, you know, to check their credit score to see if they've been, you know, compromised or, you know, they, they aren't, they just aren't tech savvy. And, and actually in the, in the AARP uh, hack, it was a, it was an interesting uh, situation Um it was again a third-party vendor that AARP used that was compromised, and the hacker basically um, held information, uh, you know, of AARP donors and and other people hostage for a ransom, and the company actually paid the ransom, hoping. <laughs> hoping that the perpetrator uh, held up his or her or their end of the bargain that once they got their money, they would destroy all of the evidence that they seized. There's no guarantee of that. I mean, but stuff like this goes on all the time. And you mentioned this latest this latest hack. Uh, You know, it was this this large scale fishing uh, expedition you know, Washington State was one of the the targeted um, intended targets. So, um, yeah, you know, but as as we move to make things quote unquote easier and more convenient for us, everything's on our phone or everything's on our computer. 
Uh, and we're not just talking about, you know, pictures of the kids or grandkids. Uh, we're talking about everything uh, is in one nice place for us to access. Well, it's also in one nice place for the criminals to access, too. No, there's no question about that. And, you know, Ed, we, we've talked uh, a couple of times with Representative Matt Banky, who's got a cybersecurity background, about things like this. And, you know, when you hear him talk about the, the, the players that are out there and really how dangerous it is on, you know, in cyberspace, on the Internet, how many groups are out there looking to get as much information as they can and many of them to use it in nefarious ways, I don't know why any group or organization would look to contract with someone that handles hundreds and thousands of, of clients. It just seems to me that the smaller you keep it, the tighter you keep it, the closer you keep it to the vest, the more secure you're going to keep your information because the farther out you go with it and the more, you know, how many other entities you become associated with, to me, makes it a larger target for these type of groups. I mean, you just look at the ones we've seen. We've seen you know, huge retail operators that have been hit with hacks where information i mean everybody from sony all the way down to target to uh, you know this group in texas tyler technologies they see how many individuals or government entities or you know whatever it may be the information that is out there and available for them to grab and to take and this this attempt to consolidate so many different avenues and so many different sources into one group it's i i think that's part of the problem i you know you put all of these things on the one server or you're handling hundreds and thousands of businesses or county governments or you know at one time you're setting yourself up and i don't know if you could actually legitimately ever make it it make it invulnerable to some kind of a hack. So, you know, maybe it needs to start scaling back. And we sure as heck don't need to go to voting online any time in our lifetime because I don't think we're ever going to get to a point that when you have, especially in Washington State, because we know, you know, it's nothing against the Secretary of State, Kim Wyman, but do we really need Washington State, which has had enough issues and enough departments with things going sideways, see DOC releasing people early, ESD and their processes. Do we really need to put another agency in Washington State at risk to be hacked because we seems that the government does kind of a half-assed job at things when it comes to stuff like this? Let's go to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Um, my name's Leslie Kennewick. What's on your my mind, comment, Leslie? Yeah, well, my comments are going back to what you said about the AARP people being vulnerable. Well, I belong to that group. I don't belong to AARP, but I belong to that age group. Um, yes, we are more vulnerable because we're not as tech-savvy. But more than that is that we've already spent our life, you know, um, 
building our retirement and our savings. And so if something happens to us, we don't have decades to recoup. You know, we, uh, we're, we're done for. We don't have our health and our age that, well, we can just go back to work and another, we'll work for another 10 or 20 years. No, you know, and, and, and be able to, to rebuild ourselves. No, that's an absolutely, that, yeah, that, that is absolutely another piece of the puzzle, which uh, does make, um, you know, that particular hack uh, so troublesome. We got to take a time out. We have some breaking news, too, when we come back uh, from the sports front. Rob's ears just perked up. You're listening to The Bottom Line, News Radio 610, KONA. Join the show. Call the LegendsCasino.com hotline, 509-547-1610. Back to The Bottom Line with Robin Ed, presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser on News Radio 610, KONA. Welcome back to the bottom line. News Radio 610K on a Thursday afternoon. 547 is the number. If you would like to get involved, contact Jason Hogue with American Family Insurance today. If you're not happy with the current insurance that you have, no matter what it may be, whether it's homeowner's insurance, life insurance, farm insurance, where American Family Insurance started almost 100 years ago, maybe your auto insurance isn't what you would like it to be, well, American Family Insurance giving you 10% off premiums to their members, their clients, through the rest of 2020 because of COVID-19. They also offer teen and safe driver plans. And if you're a small business owner and you want to make sure you are up to date on all the things you'll need in a COVID-19 world, contact Jason Hogue with American Family Insurance at his website, jasonhogue.com. So, Ed, the breaking news in sports is? Well, we've talked about how the Pac-12 conference uh, was doing all kinds of different things with its uh, sports schedule while other conferences around the country were going ahead in some form of uh, playing at least college football. The Pac-12 reportedly unanimously has decided to move forward with having football this uh, fall. In fact, they would begin the season November 6th and uh, play just seven games beginning November 6th would have uh, the conference championship just like they do normally between the North and the South Division winners uh, on the week of uh, December 19, uh, either December 18 or December 19. And a little asterisk for this is any of the teams that don't make the conference championship uh, game uh, could get uh, basically a crossover game or an uh, an additional game added to their schedule. I mean, it wouldn't have much significance, but it would give them another game uh, to potentially uh, boost their profile and uh, maybe still reach a bowl game. Uh, Those, again, that are not in the Pac-12 championship game. So if I'm understanding this right, it's a seven-game schedule plus the the conference championship game and crossover games, so an eight-game schedule overall technically. Technically, yes. Okay, and that's important because while the NCAA may have lowered their threshold on wins to qualify for bowl games, which normally it's six, and I believe they have lowered that, they have not eased the requirement that you must be 500 minimum record-wise to qualify for a bowl 
So a seven-game schedule would leave a lot of three and four teams possibly in the Pac-12 on the outside looking in. Four and four gives the conference more opportunity to get teams qualified for a bowl game. But even so, I mean, you're talking seven games with, and let's be honest here, the Pac-12 is not exactly um, a powerful power conference. Um, there's, They could run a risk, really run a risk, of having a number of teams under 500 with this schedule because you're not going to have a lot of four and fours in the Pac-12. I, at least the way a lot of these teams are made up, I don't see that. Um, I see maybe three or four teams tops out of the Pac-12 um, maybe making it to a bowl game. I know this eighth game could wind up being a factor, but there's just there's not a lot of good football teams in the Pac-12. And this schedule, we know why it's here, because they bet on the wrong horse in COVID-19. They thought the NCAA would just cancel football, and it didn't happen that way. So now they are in a money-grab mode to try and salvage some type of football season because everybody else is playing and making money, and they're not. No, it's true. And, and so now, you know, with that decision uh, a short time ago, uh, teams uh, presumably have been at least working out, if not uh, informally practicing. But you ready for this, Rob? Are you sitting down? A shameless yes, plug for what's coming up at six o'clock tonight on News Radio six ten K O N A will probably offer some insight into at least one of those teams in the Pac twelve. Absolutely, tonight will be the first uh, Washington State University coaches show with new head coach Nick Rolovich, and uh, I'm sure there will be much discussion about how the Cougars are going to begin getting ready for this uh, shortened season and what the schedule may look like, um, who they will play, how it will impact home games. Uh, they will obviously have to have some type of eight-game schedule. Now the two teams in the Pac-12 championship game will lose a home game uh, unless, of course, they decide to have it at the uh, home stadium of the team with the better record. But you're talking four home games, four away games. How do you balance that? Are you going to? Are some of them going to have fans, or some of them not going to have fans? So you'll probably get more information on that tonight at six o'clock with the first WSU coaches show with new head coach uh, Nick Rolovich. So well, as we go to break, to uh, we can tonight. Yes, as we go to break, uh, we can uh, give you a little bit more uh, information. This seven-game schedule. Uh, we're taking it from the WSU Cougar point of view here, is going to include uh, each of the other uh, teams in in your division. So the five of the seven games will be against uh, the other uh, Pac-12 North teams, Washington, Cal, Stanford, Oregon, Oregon State. That means two teams from the South. So uh, the, the Cougars would play just two teams from the South to make up their uh, seven-game schedule. So, interesting stuff. It sure will be. We'll see how it shakes out. You'll get more information at 6 o'clock tonight with new WSU football coach Nick Rolovich, 6 p.m. tonight on the Cougar Coaches Show. Going to take a timeout. Uh, This is the bottom line. News Radio 610-KONA. We'll get you some local news and more. 547-1610 547-1610 to join the program, or you can email us. Go to the website, 610kona.com. Go to the bottom line page and send us your question or your comment.
News Radio 610 KONA. From the News Radio 610 KONA News Center, I'm Ed Dawson. Washington River Protection Solutions ready to embark on its 13th year as the Hanford Tank Operations Contractor after the U.S. Department of Energy agreed to extend its contract another year. Now, this year, WRPS successfully completed the removal of waste from the single-shell tank AX-102, as well as other infrastructure upgrades in preparation to launch the VIT plant. And the Providence Health System undertaking a study of all its employees, especially ones who were exposed to COVID-19, to see if they contracted the virus at work or somewhere else. As far as I know, when this, when this is completed at all of the hospital sites of Providence and all the data is put together and published, I believe this will be the largest study of antibody positivity in any group of people that we have to date uh, throughout the pandemic. So it should be very, very instructive. Catholic infectious disease specialist Dr. Brian York adds the two biggest things he expects to come out of the study are to what extent exposure to the virus came in to the workplace or outside the hospital and also a better understanding of the virus itself, including the role antibodies play in the entire process. I'm Ed Dawson. You're listening to News Radio 610 KONA and 610KONA.com. More of the bottom line presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser on News Radio 610 KONA. Back on the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. Thanks for joining us this Thursday afternoon. The phone number is 547 1610 if you'd like to get involved. Perfection Tire, four locations here in the Tri Cities waiting to serve you. Whether it's tires, brakes, shocks, struts, a tune-up, Perfection Tire will keep your car running the way it should. Visit their website today, PerfectionTire.com, or one of the locally owned and operated locations, four of them here in the Tri-City. So, Ed, got to throw another thing up on the radar here because as we keep hearing people say, oh, there's no problem with mass mail-in balloting, there's no problem with mass mail-in voting. Not at all. Not in any way, shape, or form. Well, then you get this. The FBI, working with Pennsylvania State Police, Monday, found a number of military ballots that were thrown in the trash. They were filled out, submitted, and found their way into the garbage. Now, it wasn't hundreds of ballots. It was nine ballots. Every single ballot was cast for Donald Trump. Now, it shouldn't matter whether it's one ballot or a thousand ballots. These ballots were found discarded in the garbage. Now, this happened in the Scranton area. Who was born in Scranton, Ed? Um, you? No. Wouldn't <laughs> Sleepy Joe have been born in Scranton? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not saying there's a, that is not necessarily insinuating that, that's, that's a connection here. That's just, a pretty big stretch there. I just thought it was awfully interesting. The 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 home county of Joe Biden uh, is where this this occurred. But the uh, Luzerne County District Attorney, the U.S. Attorney's Office, and the FBI started an inquiry on Monday into issues with some of the mail-in ballots that showed up at Luzerne County's Board of Elections, and they found that ballots were thrown out, military ballots. All of the ballots were votes cast for Donald Trump, and they were found in the garbage. Now, you can say to yourself, oh, 
it's only nine. It doesn't matter. Nine here, nine there, ten here, twelve there. Numbers add up. And, of course, like people say, Ed, if you don't want to get caught, you usually go small, not big. So it could be nine Monday, could be eight Wednesday, could be five Friday, could be more within the same area, but single digits every day. This is why when areas that are not used to handling this kind of a load of mail-in balloting occurs, or as I point back to the point back to the article we talked about on the New York Post about the guy who's been doing mail-in fraud for 30 years, this is exactly one of the things that he talked about. Exactly one of the things that he talked about. Getting to people in the post office and in the county elections department to pay them off to discard ballots that have been cast. Now, I'm, I'm, I see it's hard because, yeah, this is, this is troublesome, no doubt about it. And unfortunately, we're going to hear more stories like this because of what you said. There's only, I don't know what, seven, eight, nine states that have, any kind of mail-in, regular mail-in ballot system, including Washington and Oregon. Uh, But think about all the other states out there that are literally scrambling to set up, you know, simply just the the safety protocols. You know, we were talking earlier about, uh, you know, people that uh, hack into information databases. Well, what what are these state's going to do, you know, to combat that threat. Now, we've we've heard from uh, Kim Wyman, the Washington Secretary of State, that she has been, you know, talking with other states that, you know, other states have contacted her and probably some of the other secretaries of state in the in the other states that have been doing this for a while to get some insight. But until you've gone through it, I mean, these some of these states didn't really do much of that mail-in stuff in their primaries you know and so if they if they even had a primary so it it's yeah it's a small amount and but i i I would hope that this small amount these you know small handful of ballots was a major siren in that state that they better buckle down and and get some some protocols in place if they haven't already. You know, what's even more disturbing about this, Ed, is there's such a magnifying glass on this right now in 2020 that stories like this are coming to light. Yeah, that's what true. What about previous election years? Yeah. When the microscope wasn't as finely tuned in and things like this, I mean, look, what, you think all of a sudden in 2020 somebody in Lucerne County in Pennsylvania decided to be a rebel and throw out nine ballots that were all for Donald Trump? No. So, I mean, this now that the magnifying glass is on this, and now that people are focusing in on this, this raises a really large question as to how many times has this happened in the past and how many different places has this happened in the past and how many elections have been affected by behavior like this. And while the Secretary of State and Secretary of States in other states may be able to control some elements of mail-in balloting and how they receive them, they have to receive them. 
They can't control somebody throwing them in the garbage. They can't control uh, if a postal worker is gotten to and bribed or convinced by an organ, you know, an outside group like the one we've referred to a couple of times that operates in the Northeast, and they just don't deliver the ballots. How do you how do you deal with that situation as a secretary of state? You can't. You can't prevent that from happening. There are laws in place that you would hope would prevent that from happening, but the people have to get caught first, and then they have to be punished. And maybe that's one of the other issues that should be discussed as well, is if you are accused and convicted of committing voter fraud, those penalties need to be more severe than what they are to maybe dissuade people from getting involved because we've seen enough cases of people that have been uh, convicted of voting on multiple occasions, people who have committed different types of voter fraud that have gotten, eh, you pay a fine. Maybe it needs to be more severe. Maybe it needs to be enforced in order for people to get the message that you don't do stuff like this with elections. Well, let's hear from uh, our listeners. Let's go to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Steve from West Richland. What's up, Steve? Uh, just a reminder, I'm an old, my grandfather, my grandfathers are Washington State natives. So I guess I am one, too. When they went to vote by mail, I was disgusted. But then I, the reminder is, you guys may have already talked about it, but Gregoire and Rossi, that deal finished my trust in these kind of ballots. That's all I've got to say to that. Appreciate the call. Let's go to this line. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Betty from Richmond. Hi, Betty. What's up? That story you're talking about, I heard about it on another talk show. The two elections that Obama won, that county went for Obama. And then all of a sudden they turned in the last election and voted basically Trump. So mm. there's a lot more to it, it sounds like, than what's being released. Well, you know, that, that, that always tends to be the case, right? Information kind of comes out in a trickle. Appreciate the calls, both of you. Five four seven one six ten here on the bottom line. You know, this is the you've got a couple sides of of the coin in this argument. Some think it is a more rampant problem than it is. Some think it's no issue at all. There should be concern by every person out there with the push to force a mass mail-in system that many states are not equipped to handle happening in this particular election. At the same point in time, there should be confidence that exists in states that have done this, at least enough confidence that it's not going to put them in a position they are not familiar with. Um, but in states like Pennsylvania, in states like Nebraska, in states like Wisconsin, that may not deal with this level. I mean, everybody does absentee ballots. There are, you know, military ballots and so on and so forth. There is a percentage. But what's being pushed and proposed in such a uniform manner and uniform line is enough to overwhelm many of these states and create exactly the kind of problems and issues that we have been talking about and create the opportunity to do exactly what the progressive left wants to do, and that is steal this election. Let's take a timeout, 547-1610, 509-547-1610. Still more one, uh, one more segment left to go here on this Thursday edition of The Bottom Line. You can uh, send us an email as well. 
at our website, 610kona.com. Go to the bottom line page and send us your question or your comment. The bottom line, the only place that cares what you think. Call in now, 509-547-1610. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. the bottom line news radio 610 kona final few minutes here in your thursday afternoon the phone number is 547-1610 if you would like to get involved and uh you know ed this particular situation with these ballots in pennsylvania not the only one uh that has raised some eyebrows recently in fact there was a situation in wisconsin uh last week that Three trays of mail, including absentee ballots, were found in a ditch. So this isn't an isolated incident. And as we were talking about increasing penalties, apparently on the heels of the Pennsylvania situation, Kelly Loeffler, the senator from Georgia, introduced legislation today to increase criminal penalties against people that attempt to interfere with elections, where it would take the... um, prison term from a possible five years to between five and 15, with five being the minimum, and increasing the fine to $100,000. Yeah, there's more concern out there now than there was before. But here, and we've heard situations, remember, in the primary, where ballots were found from one state in another state. How does that happen? You know, these are all things that are making people extremely concerned about what the results of the election are going to be. And as we've echoed, as, as we mentioned as well, we'll echo again. It's why the Supreme Court situation is extremely important. Because to have a full court sitting with a potential election nightmare looming, yeah, you, you, need, you need a full court of nine, not a court of eight. Yeah. It, it, see how everything is all intertwined here, <laughs> how, how how this puzzle is starting to to take shape. And, and look, we, we've we've had we've had cases of voter fraud before. And, you know, sometimes on significant scales. I mean, we, we've talked about, um, you know, what happened in the Rossi Gregoire, uh, you know, gubernatorial race uh, where. You know, no charges were ever filed, but a lot of people contend that something funny was going on when Rossi won, you know, the original count, even the recount, but on that extra recount, you know, some ballots were found, you know, and and counted. But everything is ramped up now. Everything is, is, everything and everybody are on high alert. It's a presidential election. Many people feel this is an incredibly important uh, presidential election, more so than a regular presidential election. And whether or not that's true, the fact remains, you have a situation in this country where seven or eight states are at least fairly well equipped to handle the mail-in ballot uh, situation brought on by COVID-19 and the others, who knows? Who knows if they're equipped? I mean, they're 
hopefully going to do the best that they can, but how are they expected to to do as well as Washington and Oregon and some of these other places that have been doing it for so long? I don't think they're going to be prepared for it, quite honestly. Again, I think part of the goal here is the confusion and the chaos. Um, because, quite honestly, when you look at how unprepared many of these states are to handle this kind of a load i think that is exactly the point of it they want these they want these states to try and rush and be able to get into a position to handle something that it would take i mean look how long it's taken washington state i mean look how long it's taken washington state and they expect states to be able to handle this without a problem in weeks instead of years i mean that's part of the point is for it to be chaotic and for it to be confusing and to have ballot challenges and to have all these other issues come into play so that the validity of the election can be challenged ultimately. And and my guess is, based on who's pushing this, by the progressive left. They want to have the ability to have some kind of a ground to challenge this election. And if you've got rampant confusion and mismanagement of mail-in ballots in states that aren't prepared to handle it, well... You've just had a plate put in front of you that gives you the ability to work that angle. So th- this 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 is a very well created and crafted plan. Yeah, I mean how how deep it runs. I mean some some uh, people think that the even the uh, the upplaying of the virus itself uh, played into you know indirectly the election and you know not just the president's handling of it and and this debate over safety versus opening up and economic and well-being and all this other stuff but it was to push for mail-in election uh, this this time around i don't know if that's true or not i have no way of knowing but there's i mean anything and everything is on the table <laughs> it's 2020 right No, absolutely. And, you know, all we can hope is that the instances that we've talked about that have happened this week do not become more commonplace. I I don't have a whole ton of confidence that we're not going to hear more stories like this. Um, But you can be sure that both sides are going to be watching every single ballot that they can like a hawk to make sure that it's counted and to make sure that it's counted properly and to make sure that it's not counted twice and to make sure the dead people aren't voting and to make sure that you're not having people creating you know names out of out of out of a hat in order to be able to uh, you know influence the outcome of the election you're going to see you it may even in some ways increase election security with all the different groups organizations and government entities that are going to be paying attention to this election and looking for voter fraud wherever they may find it because again as you said people talk about it like it's an urban legend it's not an urban legend it exists it's happened it's happened. I mean, look, let's go back to, I mean, you want to talk about influencing elections? How about Capone on the docks for Mayor Daley in Chicago beating people unless they vote the way they want them to? I mean, voter intimidation, influencing an election? Hello? 
I mean, it's been going on since we can remember. Oh, and by the way, that was for the Democrats, too, in case you're wondering. <laughs> well, that does it for uh, this edition of The Bottom Line, News Radio 610 KONA. Uh, Rob and I uh, distance broadcasting. Is that a thing, or can we make that a thing? Well, I don't know if we want to make it a thing, but it is for the moment. It is for the moment. That's that's for sure. Uh, coming up, we've got uh, ABC News and all your day's uh, news and uh, weather and more on the Afternoon Report. Stay with us.